Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal. Welcome to the SC Playbook AFL podcast. We're going into round seven of the AFL season. As always, the podcast is proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie Dads. Uh, I'm going to be running you through all things Supercoach related today. Massive week. We've got injuries. We've got blokes that need culling. We've got blokes that are they're reaching their sort of bottom prices for the next little while. So we've got a lot to talk about um, and to help me do all things that I need Supercoach-related today. I've got one of the legends in the fantasy sports in Australia game, uh, Rob Rainman Rainbird, joining us live from Tassie. Rob, big day for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Rob's uh, a proud, in, proud in, property in, owner. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Um, how is everything tracking down in Tassie? What did you make of the uh, the James Sicily comments? I was going to get your thoughts on that very quickly before we jump into other things. Look, I've, I've had thoughts on Sicily before. Um, <laughs> they were probably reinforced, to be fair. Mm. Um, look, I, I think they just kind of caught him on the heat of the moment, probably taken out of context a little bit, be unlike the media to do that. Hey, uh, and my co-host, he might be able to comment on that a little bit more. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I'll throw it straight to him. Dylan Bolch, he's, uh, he's one, of the, one of the aforementioned media that, that takes things out of context. Dylan, uh, Harold Sunrider, really active on Twitter, at Dylan Bolch. Uh, thank you for joining us today. What did you make of the Sicily situation? For those who are just catching up, Sicily basically said um, he was worried about a Tassie team because no one wants to live there. Uh, what did you make of that, Dylan? Uh, I mean, I'm probably not in the position to comment. Rob's the, uh, Rob's the local. I ha- I've only been to Tassie once. Um... No complaints. It was pretty nice. It's just for a weekend down in uh, in Hobart. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. We hear so much these days that players don't want to move into state and leave Melbourne. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, they're getting paid to play football. So, if, if I had it my way, they'd just go wherever they get sent. <laughs> well, that sounds like it's on the table in the, the latest CBA, which is going to be very interesting to keep track of. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that for what it's worth. I think if players are going to going to demand the sort of autonomy that they seem to want, then it's going to have to go the other way as well. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Um, if we get sort of more American-style contracts and, and big trade deadline trades, it uh, could be a good thing. Anyway, I digress. One city, by the way, boys, which is not going to have any issue attracting players is the great city of Adelaide. Gather round into into the live golf over the weekend. It's uh, it's absolutely hopping down here, I can tell you. I, I reckon you boys might be down here next year. It's going that well. Rob, any thoughts coming for gather round next year? Yeah, I'll be very keen, I reckon, Eddie. Uh, I'd already worded the wife up that uh, she might have to do some sole parenting for a weekend next year. <laughs> well, can't wait to have it. We could probably do a pod in person, very hungover on a Monday night. That could be a good one to do. Um, boys, before we get into sort of the meat of the, meat of the podcast, I uh, just sort of wanted to get a bit of a status check with how you guys are going. Rob, we haven't heard much from you over the last sort of month or so. So just keen to check in and, and see how your team's going, where you rank for the week, how you're feeling about things in general and, and where you're sitting overall for the season. Probably a good thing you haven't heard from me for a while, Eddie. Uh, things things haven't been great, but a better week last week, I guess. Uh, Twenty one sixty one, which is probably ab- above a few, um, and increased my very horrendous ranking from about thirty five thousand to about twenty five thousand. So the march is on. Um, I'm actually pretty happy with my team. I think it's just a little bit of rookie roulette and trying to get those 
rookies off field, which I know we'll talk about in a little bit. Indeed. Yeah, I think it felt like overall a week to me where the sort of more established players maybe regained some footing on the competition. I think that the level of carnage we've seen so far has uh, sort of lent itself to, to people with uh, the finger on the pulse when it comes to rookies and whatnot. So I think broadly the community had a bit of a, a turnaround week, which we love to see. Um, I managed 2-1-0-4, which could have been a lot higher had I not forgot to put the emergency on Rowan Marshall as I was looping um, to get Bont's vice-captain score. So uh, lost myself 88 free points there. I'll blame Liv Golf. Uh, it was too rowdy at the watering hole. I forgot to check my phone. So we'll blame that. Into That was th- good enough for 31,000 for the round and 17,000 for the season. So, yeah, not super unhappy with with where we're at. I think the team's getting better week on week. We're going to have some pretty exciting upgrade possibilities in the, in the coming weeks. Get Will Day and Tom Green back off the bench this week, which has been hurting me having to hold them. So overall feeling pretty good. How about how about you, Dylan? What's what's the state of play over at over at your team? Yeah, it was a better week. I scored um, two 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 five, uh, which was in Ooh, the top three nice. percent for the for the round. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, most of the primos did okay. Um, there a few few pretty ordinary rookie scores, and, and we'll touch on those in a second, I'm sure. But um, overall, sitting at five point seven k. So happy enough nice. with where I am at the moment. It's not quite uh, Mr. Vegas. Uh, Nico's mm. out and about, <laughs> living it up. Um, yeah, loves GFC. Massive, massive week. We were. We yeah. said, I don't know how he did it. I'd, he did the old, gave me his login details. He was like, if anything changes, I'm going to need you to, to jump on and help me out here. So I was, I was sort of hoping for a bit of late carnage. Just the honour of being able to log into Nico's team was uh, was pretty attractive to me. Uh, but didn't need anything in the end. Uh, he's he's going pretty well. Loves GFC. I think he's now topping our contributors league in terms of total points. Um, so after a bit of a down year last year, it looks like he's well on his way back. Dylan, you're in second in our league at the moment, um, which is, yeah, credit to you. Your team is shaping very well as well. Good signs for the boys overall. One thing uh, I like to do every week, fellas, is is our most valuable and least valuable Supercoach Player of the Week awards. I've been keeping track of these um, as we go through this season and pretty excited to, to see where we get to at the end of the year and who's going to be our Supercoach MVP for the season. So I'm going to start us off with my most valuable players of the week. Um, getting himself one vote uh, for his performance over the weekend was Stephen Canelio. Um, I thought he was magnificent. He came into my team the week before last. Uh, it's a joy to own him at the moment. Uh, really well, looking fantastic. I don't know if it was just the Tom Green bump with Tom Green out, but yeah, love what I saw from him. Two votes go to Tim Taranto, who I thought answered a lot of questions about his role in the Richmond side um, on Monday night. I thought he was fantastic. And then three votes. Uh, I w- wouldn't be able to give it to anyone else in good conscience. Uh, Marcus Bontepelli gets my three votes for the weekend. He, yeah, just a, just a superb all-round performance on Friday night. Uh, sorry, on, yeah, on Friday night. Um, he's going to play his 200th game this week. He's I've been sending a lot of pieces saying he's arguably the greatest bulldog in the AFL era, which is pretty hard to argue with. Uh, he's just a star and he deserved the three votes in the weekend for his monster performance as vice-captain. Rob, where did you go with your most valuable player of the week votes? Yeah, pretty similar, Eddie. Um, I bought in Cogs this week, so that was nice to have him in. So he gets my one vote. There was a, I was very yep. happy with his performance. Um, hard to go past Nick Dacos for two, just having mm-hmm. a hell of a season and just made for super coach. Um, and he's only pipped by the three. The same guy as you. Uh, I had the VC on Bont, so uh, that was a nice way to kick kick off the weekend. Um, so, yeah, he's just in some incredible form at the moment. 
there really is no better feeling than nailing that vice captaincy early on in the week. It just sort of frees up the rest of your week and you're just not having to worry about it um, unless you stuff it up like me and, and completely ruin yourself. But <laughs> those aside, Dacos, I, I was at the, the game yesterday and uh, my God, uh, he is special. And yeah, we've talked about it a lot, but I, I just can't work out what other opposing coaches are doing with him. Uh, I remember looking out in the first quarter yesterday and there was a stoppage on Collingwood's half forward line. And he was just sitting out the back in 20 metres of space. Uh, and, of course, the ball pops out to him. He hits an inside 50. It's, it, it's not they're actively avoiding. Dylan, I, I can't make sense of it. It's the, what, am I, what am I missing here? Well, I'm on the same page as you, mate. It actually does my head in. And, and luckily, I'm an owner. Otherwise, I think I would be uh, putting holes through walls. Um, it's like, yeah, I, I, can't, I honestly cannot work it out. He's so he's so good and he's so important to how Collingwood play. So to me, it's a no-brainer that you'd send someone to him. Um, I know... Teams have tried it. Lockie Jones didn't have a lot of success report a few weeks back. Um, Finn McGuinness from Hawthorne tagged him in a preseason match, and that's obviously a, a different kettle of fish. But you show that it can be done. Um, and I would have thought, given how Collingwood's going, you'd be doing everything in your power to try and stop Indeed. some of their prime movers. It's it's a it's a wild thing to me. I don't get it. He's he's going to be leading the brown low at the moment. He was so clearly the best on ground yesterday. I mean, I, he was three dollars forty pregame to win it, which is how good of a for, how good a form he's in. You don't you don't see those sort of odds for Anzac Day medals very often. I think probably back to Swanee is the most recent one. Um, Dylan, what about your most valuable votes for the week? Yeah, pretty similar train of thought. I had Bont with the three, Cogs with the two. Um, Jacob Van Ruin, I gave one. He was three Ooh. quarter time. I sent a message saying, "Oh, he's he's gone. He was on." you know, 15 points or something at three-quarter time and was looking pretty ordinary. Um, Simon Goodwin said he was on the verge of getting subbed. Mm. Um, next to James, they were going to pull the pin. And then, yeah, he came to life in that last quarter and probably earned himself a, another month in the team as well, I would have thought. Um, so he was he was really impressive in that final term, got Melbourne over the line and um, I fielded him, so I was pretty happy with his 80. Yeah. Um, yeah. Connor Rosie, I gave uh, honourable mention to. He's Nice. Been a little bit frustrating to own, but um, can't complain with a uh, one twenty five or whatever it was in the end. You, you two, the champions of the the anti Connor Rosie fan club. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I note that you only gave him, him an honourable mention, Dylan. You didn't manage yeah. to sneak him into the votes. So um, Van Roon's an interesting one. That was that was like you said, it was that was almost a season shaping moment. I, I think he yeah. would have been out of the side. I had Melbourne fans that I'm in message threads with being like, he's gone um, at three quarter time. He's not going to be back in for a while. Next minute, basically the best player on the ground in the last quarter and yeah, really short up his job security. It was That was bittersweet for me. I, I owned him but didn't have him on field and could see sort of everyone else that did have him on field was loving it. So, yeah, well, well played by him. Um, in terms of least valuable player votes for the week, um, actually a pretty hard week to choose, I found. Um, everyone that I expected to do well sort of did well. Uh, so I'm, these are going to be a bit harsh. One, get, one vote goes to Darcy Wilmot, um, who's just about done his dash um, as a super coach prospect this season. I think he's he's topping out big time and needs to be moved on. Um, that, was a, that was a painful pill to have to field him the last two weeks to cover Will Day. Two votes, again, very rough. Jordan Dawson, um, he's had a fantastic year, but a uh, bit subpar and his kicking was terrible. Just couldn't, Dylan, you would have watched that. I, he's, he just couldn't hit kicks against Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah, it was a really strange game, actually. Um, and certainly, he was, he was down on his usual output. Um, but I, I suspect he'll bounce back. And at the end of the day, he's he's been so good. I think he's got a few credits in the bank. And then three votes for me, which I, I look, I apologize. I know this is harsh. Uh, Matt Roberts gets the three votes um, just because, yeah, that's that's going to hurt. That's one that's really going to stymie sort of any future cash gen. Um, yeah, he got injured. So obviously definitely not his fault. Not saying he did anything wrong, but yeah, that was a, that, that was a painful pill to swallow. Um, Rob, who do you want to give a rocket to this week? 
Similar train of thought, I reckon, Eddie. Uh, I'll go Will Phillips with the one. Uh, had him yep. on field, so that was that was pretty disappointing. But that could also be Wilmot, Cowan, Philippu. They were, they were all yep. pretty poor. Uh, two votes for me is for Errol. Uh, he he was really mm. down. Um, not kind of what we expect to see from him. So that was a disappointing score. Paid up for bigger scores than that. Um, and same as you, uh, yeah, poor Matt Roberts. Thankfully, I didn't mm. have him on field, but kind of a wasted trade now and, and got to get him yeah. back out. So uh, that was a little bit painful to endure. Yeah, we're going to discuss that later because I really need to get your boys' thoughts on, on how to approach this Roberts situation because I feel like it's a bit of a bit of a key one. Um, Dylan, in terms of your least valuable player votes, what have you got for me this week? Yeah, all rookies for me, and I think it's it's this week sort of brought to light the fact that we really need to try and get as many rookies off field as possible. So I gave Wilmot one purely because I fielded him. Roberts I gave two, same reason. I didn't have him on field, but I, I traded him in this week. Yeah, and Lockie Cowan I gave for three. He pissed me off a lot. So half time that um, Carlton Saints game, he was on about thirty, and I thought, oh, he's tracking, he's tracking all right. He might hit a 60, 65, and you know that's enough to loophole him off the bench and. I uh, took his score, um, bench uh, Young, I think it was, from Richmond in the end. It was no good anyway, but Cowan yeah. um, went backwards in the third and only ended on 35. So I think, yeah, the rookies are in the firing line for me this week. What are they going to do, Rob, when Saad comes back into that Carlton team? Because Chincotta looked very good on debut. Um, is Who's going to make way for Saad when he comes back in? It depends if he's back this week, I reckon, um, because I reckon Cowan gets a spell, um, yep. you know, first year in the system. Um, I, I would be surprised if he's not out this week. There's a couple of others floating about that, that are going to be pretty close because I reckon they need to make some decent changes. So Jordan Boyd is going to be pretty close. Um, mm. And if they, if they want to go a bit taller, they might think around Brody Kemp coming in as well. So I think there's some changes there. I reckon Cowan might be out for a few weeks. So if you can mm. trade him this week, I reckon that might, mightn't be a bad thing. I, I didn't mind Chincotta's game, to be fair. I thought he thought he actually looked pretty good. Um, he's probably going to be uh, 45 to 60 each week. Um, how okay. long he stays in might be the challenge, I reckon. That's interesting that you say that because he's been racking it up at VFL level. So you, you don't sort of see that ceiling for him as he steps up into the AFL system. I just see the the VFL and the AFL side have quite different game styles. Um, so I think the role he plays in the VFL side is, is slightly different than what we need him to play um, in the seniors. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I think, yeah, Cowan needs just to get some hand-on footy in the in the twos. So that'll be good for him. He needs to get his confidence back up. He's a great uh, – he's a good player. He's going to be back in the team. But, um, yeah, very interesting. Thank you, boys, for those votes. Got those recorded. Um, yeah, well, mid-season we're going to do a bit of a, a, a check-in to see where we're at in terms of most and least valuable players. There's some interesting stuff in there. Now, guys at home, you've been listening to me, listening to me talk a lot about home loans over the last 12 months on the show. And most people are probably thinking they're way off being in that position and it's irrelevant to them. But the boys at Mortgage Choice SCW can get you a loan for pretty much anything. It doesn't have to be a house. So if Santa brushed you for a PS5 this year, or maybe the toolbox needs an upgrade and your boss is too stingy to chip in, Patty and George can make the dream a reality. And the best part, no more sacrificing your avocados for two-minute noodles because the $129 fee that you normally pay is waived when you mention SC Playbook. These loans are quick and easy with the money dropping in your pocket within days. So after a few years of COVID causing us grief, treat yourself in 2023 and shoot Pat and George a message on their Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice. You can also jump into any of our, the articles on the SC Playbook website for their contact details. Boys, boys, uh, lots to get into this week. Now, I wanted to start us off somewhere, Rob, which uh, it, the, the impetus for this came in a chat that we were having online uh, on Facebook. Um, and I think the question was posed to you. 
have you ever seen a super coach season like this? Um, and what I, what I mean by that is, have you ever seen sort of this start to a year when we just seem to have relevant players going down like flies every week? We had Took Miller, Took Miller this week. Um, we've had Will Day suspended, Tom Green suspended. We've got injuries left, right and center, the Sard injury, which, which screwed you over a little bit. Um, and you've, the SC Bandit actually put together a list of the players that we've missed so far this season, 21 plus uh, super coach relevant players have missed games in the first six rounds. So that, that's guys with sort of 10 to 30% ownership of guys that are missing ground, missing games. So have you ever in your time seen a start to the season like this? Sort of put us on, put it in context for us. I get it. Ask the old guy, right? Cause he's been around longer. Um, yeah, look, I, I haven't. And as we all know, I've been playing this game for a hell of a long time. Uh, I just think the level of injuries to key players, um, you know, traditionally you might see one or two, um, but it, it feels like all of those that were relevant this year, there's, you know, I, I wouldn't imagine there's many coaches out there that haven't copped at least two, three, four of those. So, you know, the the ability to trade and upgrade your team has been hampered a little bit because you, you're sideways trading or you're covering injuries or you're reliant on really shonky rookies to, to try and do something for you. So, yeah, it, it's definitely been one out of the box. And I've seen a lot of sentiment on Twitter of, you know, a bunch of people kind of throwing the toys out of the cot and... Uh, at the end of the day, it's a game. You've got to enjoy it. So, you know, pick up the pieces and, and figure out what you can do from here. The, the, the Tuke Miller news is just sort of the icing on the cake for this situation. He's in 30,000 teams going into this round. I suspect without having the stats on hand, I suspect that sort of at least 10,000 of those traded him in this week, um, given that he was sort of bottoming out in terms of price and has, a, has an attractive buy and everything. And also with the Tom Green injury, a lot of people went from Tom Green to Took Miller. So just a, just a terrible sort of timing to, to top off everything that we've already seen so far. Dylan, as, as Rainman mentioned, I, I, you know, I've seen a bit of the chatter on Twitter being like, you know, this is, this is me done for Supercoach this season. You know, it's just too many injuries. I can't figure out my team. How do you approach these sort of setbacks in your super coach team? Are you are you in the positive camp or are you sort of toys out the cot, uh, Nico style? <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone's in the same position. And yes, you know, your team might have had four injuries and mine might have had three or five or whatever it may be. But, you know, a lot of these players are relevant, which means a lot of us have had them. So I think, yeah, temporary expectations a little bit. And I think at the end of the day, We'll get towards the back end of the season and, and often you've got teams that are, you know, they've got five or six differences, if that. Now that there's such a, I guess there's so many moving pieces earlier in the year, come the end of the year, I think there'll be um, a few few more unique sides going around. Yeah, I mean, that that was what the takeaway that I've, that I've taken out of this so far, Rob, is we're just going to see a, a different spread of teams than we normally would, which I think is fantastic. I think this is, this is going to be one of the funnest years of Supercoach because, you know, it's going to be so volatile. I think we're going to see ranking changes fluctuate throughout the season because teams are going to be so different. You know, in, in a week, I saw a lot of scores in sort of the 1900s this week, whereas Nico drops at 2300. Um, so there's that real difference in teams. How would you, you know, assuming that you've had a lot of this stuff go wrong for you, I know you've had a few of the, the bad injuries, uh, Saad as well, was it was a bad one for you a couple of weeks ago. How are you approaching this? Are you sort of taking the, the path of sort of going down really unique players or are you trying to sort of get yourself back to the pack by getting on guys that, that everyone else already has? 
Yeah, it's probably a combination of both. I think for me, it's um, it's kind of sticking to my guns, which is always just trying to generate cash and, and get the rookies off field. So um, I, I think there there is a unique opportunity at the moment with a little bit of bargain hunting, which always helps as well. So some of those guys that might have dropped and potentially had a positional change or just starting to run into a rich vein of form. Um, I think for me, it's always been try to buy low. I think that's the, that's the secret with, with Supercoach. And I see so many people just trying to jump on and, and reach Oliver at his peak or Dawson yeah. at their peak. And I think that's uh, just fraught with danger. So uh, I think just concentrate on, on what your plan is. At the end of the day, you, you want to create as much cash as you can to afford those guys. So just stick to that without trying to sideways everywhere. And, and it may mean that you need to cop a crap score for a couple of weeks because you're sitting on a Tom Green or a Will Day on the sidelines. But I think that's a better long-term play than trying to get a short-term sugar hit. Yeah, I couldn't agree more and hence why I, I held day those two weeks. Um, yeah, just think that in the long term, you know, trades are going to be a premium at some point. Boosts are going to be an absolute premium. You know, I've seen people that have used sort of three or four, five boosts almost already to this point in the season, which, yeah, it's just going to leave you super exposed at some point. And it's going to give you a nice little rankings boost now, but I suspect come the end of the year, it's going to be a little trickier. Now, I wanted to, to find out, get the latest on the Took Miller injury. Uh, it's relevant, obviously, because we're talking about how many injuries there have been. Rob, what have you seen floating around on Twitter? Can we expect... Took back within a reasonable time frame, or, or is he gone for those who are who are, who are holding him? Yeah, if, everything I've read's kind of talking around eight weeks. Um, so it feels like that's obviously a trade. You could say it took my breath away when I saw that information. Just had to throw oh, that dead joke in there. Um, <laughs> Complains um, about being old in one breath, about being called old in one breath in the next. Bringing out jokes like that. Um, yeah, look, so he's a definite trade. I think it gives you some really interesting options around what you can do with him, particularly with a couple of those guys uh, like Oliver and Dawson, for argument's sake, probably had a, had a lower week. So, you know, their price is going to drop a little bit. So, um, yeah, definite trade on Took. Where you go is is an interesting conversation. Yeah, well, that's what I want to get to now. I want to find out what sort of options we've got in the mixer for Took because, yeah, I think that not that there's ever a positive to, to having an eight-week injury um, to one of your star players, but I think it, it is always fun trading in premiums. I mean, that's part of the reason we play the game. We love bringing in new players. It, it always feels fun to root for new players coming into your team. So, I mean, if there is a positive out of the news, it, it's that, that you do get the chance to play around and you can get to anybody. You know, price isn't really an issue at this point given Took's inflated price tag. So, I wanted to get a few options from you boys. I'm not a Took owner personally. I would have been, if it had probably been two more weeks away, I would have had him in. So, um, yeah, I want to find out, if for those out there that, that are ho- holding Took at the moment, uh, which way, which paths can you do- go down? And I've split this into three separate uh, potential options. The first is the obvious choice. So, which of the top tier sort of 600K plus, the, the guys that everyone has, which of those guys do you like the most? Um, I'm excluding Clayton Oliver from this as well because I think he's he's the obvious trade in, in, in my opinion. So, I didn't want to just have all three of us choose him. I've got the second category is the deserves more love category, the sub 15% ownership guy who you really think should be on more radars. Um, and then we've got the really rogue option at sub 15, at sub 5% ownership let's get a bit weird with it as we spoke about um yeah plenty of opportunities for going down different routes routes this year in super coach so i think that could be a really fun one um if i personally had took i think i would be going with one of the sub five ownership sub five percent ownership guys just to just to get a little bit of spice in there so let's go with you first rob who's your who's your obvious pick out of that top tier primo list 
Uh, I really like Cripper. Bit of Colton Bias coming into that. I don't think he's been playing sparkling, but he's actually been scoring really well. Um, and I think with his uh, Robin back in, in Sammy Walsh, who's obviously and probably another good option, um, but ha- uh, has come back flying, I think that only helps Cripper. And he uh, certainly feeds some of that ball out. Um, Walsh gets on the end of it. He becomes part of a scoring chain, which bumps his score. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like Cripper, certainly with the Blues run as well. And they're going to cop, well, they are cop a bit of media attention. He likes to kind of put the team on his back and take them on the journey. You mentioned Sam Walsh. Um, is he going to come up later in your choices or we can we talk about him now? Because I want to find out the difference for to you between Walsh and Cripps because Walsh has come in his first two games. He's averaging 117. He had 130 on the weekend. For me personally, I'd probably be leaning more Walsh than Cripper. As a Carlton man, you can talk me into that or out of that? Yeah, it's probably just dollars to be honest. Um, I, I think I think Wall should be fine. Um, he he has a kind of similar to Cripper in some ways. He's come back with a point to prove. He hates. He's a complete professional. He he's hated missing games. Um, I think the challenge that the Blues have at the moment is trying to get that mid mix working, which it hasn't. Um, Walsh isn't going out of there. He's he's you know a constant within that midfield mix, and what he provides is something they've been missing around some you know some continual um, contest to contest running, and then getting on the end with some good disposal. So I certainly wouldn't knock that option. I, I'd be lying if I said it hadn't entered my brain uh, mm. across the week. Um, I can't get him this week, but he's certainly on my radar I'd like to see another week or two out of him Dylan where have you gone for your obvious pick for, for the Took trade uh, it's probably cheating a little bit mate but I've gone uh, Bond I think if you don't have Bond you, you won't you're not going to get anywhere near the top thousand um, so yeah for me that's a non-negotiable we saw what he could do yep. um, this week he's a he's an option for the vice or the captaincy every week um, yeah you've got to have him I'm surprised um, but not too surprised that both of you have not gone with Lockie Neal, um, who to this point is only in 20% of teams. He's at 630K. He dropped 5K on the weekend with a 76. Um, Rainman, I don't know if I loved Lockie Neal's game on the weekend. I didn't think he was very good. Um, what's going on there? Yeah, I, I really hard to answer. I didn't watch the game, so I can't comment too much on it. But uh, I am an owner, and I, and I started Lockie, so I was really celebrating last week when he you know, kind of smashed the lights out. Um, it was just a weird game. Um, it, it was. You know, it was a little bit handball heavy, but that's been him this year as well. Uh, I just feel like he probably didn't wasn't afforded the space that he's had previously where he can, you know, be on, as we mentioned about Dacos earlier, kind of be on the outside of those packs and just get that ball as soon as it comes out. Just felt like that wasn't there this week. And I know that we, I don't want to overblow anything, but I, I really do think Will Ashcroft is eating into some of his effectiveness. Ashcroft is, is that good and that clean around the footy. He's kind of a mini Lockie Neal. Um, I know you're a, you're a huge fan, Dylan. Is there anything to that theory that the that Ashcroft, even as a rookie, is having sort of a negative impact on Lockie's game? Yeah, absolutely, I think. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, they're sort of easing him into it a little bit and playing um, Ashcroft off half forward and on the wing and a little bit, but... You know, he's a, he's a beast. He's an inside midfielder. And at the end of the day, that's where you... I think he'll eventually... He'll, he'll definitely end up playing there. Um, but, I mean, Brisbane are, are doing okay at the moment. And when you've got so many different bodies that can rotate through there, why wouldn't you give someone like Ashcroft a bit of exposure? Especially when there's blokes like Neil and McCluggage and um, Lyons isn't in the team, but Josh Dunkley as well. Yeah, You're sort of easing through it a little bit to begin with. It's not like a... A situation where, um, you know, I know Walsh copped a bit of heat for this early doors when it was really only Crips and he sort of got bashed around a little bit. Um, yeah. 
Ashcrofters and Brisbane have that luxury where you know you can roll through as a fourth or fifth midfielder and, and have an impact that way. I love Ashcroft. I think, yeah, he, obviously we all know that he's going to be good, but he's he's got it. Yeah, he's so clean and, and good in the contest. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, our second category is is my deserves more love category. So a guy that's at f- sub fifteen percent ownership, who you think is yeah, sort of more deserving of being up in towards that twenty twenty five percent range. Um, where have you gone with this one, Rob? I think there's a couple of there's a couple of pretty obvious selections, um, but I'm interested to see where you've gone. Don't know if they're obvious or not, but I'm, I'm going to throw a couple of names at you. Track, um, who I think is just starting to shine a little bit. I almost bought him in this week, but decided to go another way. Um, he just looks really good at the moment and, and kind he of does. looks like he's just about to really motor up. There's obviously, you know, potential benefit of some DPP action if he continues to spend some time forward. Um, so I think he looks good. The other one I never thought I would say coming into this year, but geez, he's been consistent at the lower end of the 100 range. Is uh, Tommy the Pig Mitchell. Um, he's been great, mm. great for Collingwood. He's kind of punching out, you know, between 100 and 110 each week, um, just getting it done. Um, and, you know, it's not bad to have those consistent players that have that, you know, lack of fluctuation or variability in your side. Um, I'd be lying again if I said he hasn't caught my eye at the moment. There's a couple. There's just I, I like those options, and I think there's there's just this is the really fun sort of bracket to get to. I've I've had my eye on Caleb Sarong at 5.2 in 5.2 percent of teams uh, had 130 on the week and a three round average of 125. He's been unreal. Um, I just as we can discuss a bit later with Freo, I'm just not 100 percent sure what exactly they are at the moment and, and whether that's sort of sustainable long term or whether they're going to be throwing things around because they're they're so terrible. So that's my only drawback to Caleb Sarong. Who else? Who else is in the mixer for you, Dylan? Oh, I had Cripper down as my um, player in this slot. He's in yeah. um, 14% of teams at the moment. So, yeah, I won't add much more onto that. I think Rob hit the nail on the head. A couple other names just to throw at you. Jordan Ngoi, um has had a brilliant start to the season. I think this is what we all sort of expected from him all these years. Uh, he's looking strong and big and would have won the Anzac Day medal in a world where Nick Dacos wasn't playing yesterday. Um, he's in the mixer for me as well. Um, yeah, we mentioned Paddy Cripps. I think he's a, he's almost uh, right at the top of the list. Um, and now we're going to get to the, the more exciting end of the scale. The blokes are in the sub 5% group and there really is a lot of guys putting their hand up. Um, Rob, my immediate thought when I when I went, when I I went had this topic was that you're going to go with Noah Anderson. Have you managed to resist yourself towards I, going with Noah? I have. Too, too, too many questions with two out for Noah, as much as it pains me. I've got three names I'm going to throw at you. Um, yep. Two, I'm calling the Kelly gang. So Josh and Tim. Uh, Interesting. Josh is probably expected. Um, Tim Kelly's actually putting a decent season together. I, I, I did have a look today. Guy that's currently leading Supercoach and is leading by a fair way has Tim Kelly in his side. Wow. Um, just yeah, got him nice and cheap to take a rookie off the field. And again, he's probably a little bit similar to um, Tommy Mitchell in that his you know his low games seem to be low hundreds, but we know he's got the ceiling. He can do one thirties, one forties. So it would be brave. I don't know that I'd do it, but he'd be one. And the other one is um, Libber. Libber's putting together a hell of a season, he um, is. and you know just that extraction. He, he's uh, linking up really well with the rest of the Bulldogs. He obviously doesn't get a hell of a lot of attention. I thought he might have this week, but they seem to um, stay away from him. And uh, and I think uh, as Deal has rightly pointed it out there might be a bit of a knock to the head and a bit of a concussion uh for liver but 
geez, it wouldn't be the first time he's been knocked around the head. Would it? No, he's yeah. absolute yeah. tough nut. I, th- I think he'll get up this week. Um, one that I've is a real watch for me after seeing the Mon- Monday nights game, and I don't think I, he's not relevant at this point, and I don't think I'd do it. Uh, it is one to put on the radar though, is Jaden Short, and, and it seemed to me like he had that um, that halfback role back. I think we've seen him sort of floating around forward midfield, which I don't like from a super coach perspective. I really liked his role on Monday night. And it, as I said, I'm not not saying that anyone should be training him in at this point. It's not enough evidence. Um, he, he's, I think if he, if he keeps up those those numbers, he's a, he's a chance to get def- a defensive status at some point this year. Am I, am I crazy there, Rob? Did, did you see anything you liked? Oh, look, it, he looked like the short at the start of last year. Um, yeah. Certainly looked very good. Uh, I don't think I could go there until, you know, potentially that DPP did come around and then I'd have a good look at him. I don't think he's kind of in the top 10 midfielders just on the off chance that he doesn't get it. Um, I, I'd, I'd be reluctant to pull the trigger. Just wanted to put on the on the radar, boys. We'll, we'll come back to this in six weeks' time when he's got defensive status and he's averaging 120. And uh, we'll just I'll just put a pin in that one. Dylan, what about what about you? What have you got for our, for our rogue category? Who are you going with? Yeah, I feel like I've undersold it again here. I think you guys have gone really rogue. I don't like any of those guys at all. Um, <laughs> Josh Kelly's body is shit. Tim Kelly plays in a shit side. And um, Short's a defender, so I don't like him either. Um, <laughs> but uh, if I had to throw in someone, I think Zach Merritt. And I'm interested in your thoughts there. Um, mm. He's missed a week with um, through suspension, but... Yeah, he's always sort of been a fringe, you know, six to ten average scorer in the midfield, and I think he's a pretty safe, um, safe option at a at a really low ownership. Um, so he's not going to turn out a big one seventy, one eighty, but he seems yeah. to be pretty reliable for a um, you know one ten, one twenty most weeks. Unfortunately, also plays for a shit club, though. Deal. So, you know. yeah, that is true. <laughs> Correct, a, ch- a choking club. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> your point is well made, and it was exactly what I was going to say. Is that I, I think the upside for others in this list is higher, um, but I think yeah. of of these sort of categories, I think his his floor is perhaps the highest or in the highest mm. bracket. I mean, he's averaging one hundred and eight for the season. Um, had has a low score of eighty eight. High score of 134, so that 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 sort of standard deviation is not much from around that 110, yeah. 105 sort of range. So, and yeah, I don't this, mind that. Yeah, usually at this point in time in the season, we are looking for players that have that upside. But you know, we touched on all, all this injury carnage and suspensions and whatnot that are happening. It almost feels like you know the players that you want to be bringing in are the guys that are just going to give you something that you yeah. know every week. Like I'm. I'd be more than happy to get 110 out of merit each week, um, call it a day and, and focus on other things. Break even of 87 at the moment too, which you think is is definitely on the lower end. I'd be surprised if he's this cheap for, for a little while. Um, the only other one I want to talk about before we move on is Adam Chera, Rob, who I've actually seen a little bit of buzz building on Twitter for him. He had an absolutely monstrous day at Marvel against St Kilda, along with all the other Carlton mids, to be fair, um, with 144. Now, I, I just wanted to get your opinion on that game firstly, because from what I could see, the scoring was just very whack in favour of the Blues. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm wondering whether this Chera thing is an aberration um, and whether he's actually closer to that 95 to 105 range. Yeah, he, he definitely is, um, and I think he's potentially more fantasy than than super coach. He can, uh, even though when he nails it, his his disposal is pretty good, uh, but he can be a little bit of a butcher. I think the interesting thing with Chera, which I've seen the last couple of weeks, he's, he's been playing. If you look at his heat maps, he's a little bit more down back, so he's been distributing in some of that role, particularly with mm. Sard out. Um, so look, there could be a very sneaky, sneaky 
DPP option back in round 12 for him. Um, I'd look at him as a defender. Uh, yeah, a, a huge overreaction on on the disposals. And the Blues just played a game that just wasn't suited to, you know, the, the Saints were just running back and, and they kind of stormed so hard back that there just needed to be a bit of a chip and hold possession to try and burst through that and uh, it inflated some of the scores. One last guy that I want to get your thoughts on, Dylan, before we move on. Um, I did briefly mention him just before. He's in just over 5% of teams, Caleb Sarong. Um, I think that ownership is going to be closer to 10 15% by the end of the year. I think he's he's a genuine star. We've been waiting for this breakout for a little while. Andrew Brayshaw has gone backwards. Sarong has gone forwards. Is this real? Is this breakout from Sarong real? Yeah, I find it, it's a really hard one to read for me. So Brayshaw has notoriously been the, the main guy in that midfield, but there's not a lot going right for Fremantle at the moment. And I think Sarong's really thriving as that more impact player. Brayshaw sort of seems to be the guy that has his 30s, 35, and, you know, it's a little bit sideways. It's a little bit butchery, um, whereas Sarong is the guy that has, well, he's having more impact at the moment. I, I don't know if he can keep it up all season. That's that's my first query. But I guess my main query is it's not going right for Fremantle at the moment. And yeah. how do they change that? I, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I don't know if Justin Mongeau has the answers to that. Um, yeah. So for me, I'm a little bit hesitant. He's not cheap either anymore because he started so well. He's um, pushing mm. that 600K barrier. It, it, it just feels like I, I just want to see more. Ideally, yeah. we see Fremantle turn their form around it and we can see how he's scoring then and, and whether yeah. or not, you know, he, he, he's still getting so much of the, that super coach pie. But, yeah, I, I, I won't fault you for going there, um, but personally for me, being a little bit more risk-adverse, I, I just want to see a little bit more. This is that classic GWS issue that we have every year where you know they're going terribly six rounds in, Josh Kelly's playing midfield. Is he going to keep playing midfield or are they going to whack him out on the wing? Um, yeah. yeah, it absolutely smacks of that to me. And I, I yeah, just don't know what Frio are going to do. Um, seen, but it's just on that, um, Fife isn't far away and they've said they're going to play him in the midfield. So that... That throws another spanner in, in the works. I don't know how that'll play out, but yeah, it's worth worth flagging, I think. Indeed. Um, plenty to go along with there. The next thing I want to get to, boys, is the Matt Roberts injury. We briefly touched on him previously, Rob. Um, yeah, I all three of us, I believe, brought him in. I was the only um, numbskull that fielded him. Um, but what, what, are we actually, what can we actually do here? What, what are the options with Matt Roberts at this point? Like he's, he's barely gone up in price. Um, he's going to sit there. He's injured. He's not coming back anytime soon. When he does come back, he's no guarantee to get in the team. What can we actually do with this guy? Yeah, he's got to go. It's just a matter of when, I reckon, um, because I think most of us are probably carrying, uh, you know, more than one DNP at the moment, and, and that can be challenging because obviously you're not generating cash. Sydney don't have a hugely favourable draw to use him as a as a loophole moving forward, so he's got to go. I think the question becomes when you do that. So there's a couple of bubble boys we'll talk about soon uh, that look like they might have decent JS. Um, you've then, you know, the, the, potentially you could hold a week and see what Chincotta does uh, next week and, and then, you know, spin out Roberts to him. Uh, I think that's probably the way that I'm looking uh, just because I've got some some other priorities at the moment. And uh, I think it then becomes that balance around, you know, when you do have those dead rooks that have generated no cash, when's the right time to get rid of them? Because you want to be in that upgrade cycle in that cadence. I mean, that's the big question, isn't it? Like, do can, can you do you hold him at this point and sort of build around him, you know, culling the sort of the, the Wilmots and, you know, the Mackenzies and the Ashcrofts of the world? Or, or do you make the move early, Dylan, if, there, if there's a guy sitting there available? Which, what's your what's your rough plan with, with Roberts at this point? Yeah, my gut feel is I'll hold him until more rookies sort of show their face. So 
I've got, as you mentioned, Wilmot, Cowan, um, McKenna's, <coughs> McKenna's sort of getting close as well, um, Filippo too. So there's a few guys that I think um, this week, next week, the week after, are going to start losing cash. So for me, they're the priorities to get them out, you know, tell them when, whilst they're um, beefed up in price and then we can sort of look at Roberts um, as, a, as a second priority. It, it is frustrating, as, as Rob mentioned, because it, it does start cash growth and I know... I've got Nick Madden, who I picked as a permanent loophole. I'm still holding Charlie Constable as well. So there's, it yeah. is frustrating from that perspective. But, um, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather take out someone like Wilmot. Um, and, you know, it also helps, I guess, with upgrading. Is Like, if I, if I use a trade on, on Roberts to, uh, let's say, Seamus Mitchell this week, uh, you don't really make any money from that. And then you've only really got the two trades to play with. Yeah. I feel like at this point in time, in order to get the rookies off the field, improve the team, get as many you know, decent scorers as we can have on. I think Roberts just has to be pushed to the side um, for the next sort of fortnight at least. Yeah, it feels like every week that you're not upgrading at the moment, you're losing ground on the pack. Um, so, yeah, culling Roberts at this point, noting that you're not going to make any cash room in the short term is difficult. You mentioned a few of those other DNPs, Rob. Um, yeah, we've got some, I think we've got some issues there. Matt Johnson from Frio is definitely not in the safe category. Will Phillips subbed out on the weekend. Um, we've obviously got Constable sitting there as well. Are you are you holding many of these guys, and what are your what are your what are your plans with these guys that we're getting we're getting red dots for on the bench? Yeah, it's, I think they're each each a situation to themselves. Like Constable's got to be close. I think um, you know uh, took out. They're obviously going to make some changes there. I don't think Constable's a like for like, but he may he may get a sniff as part of that. Um, you know, people have got Chesser as well, and that's that's a, a dead rook kind of sitting on the bench. So I think, you know, I think to Deal's point, if there's any of these guys you can make some cash out of, Phillips is, you know, a bit of an elevated price, so he, he's quite an easy call if, he, if he's not back in. Uh, that's the option to do it, and then, you know, deal with the crap when you've got to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think this is a good chance to discuss a few of these sideways options that we've been mentioning. So if you were to pull the, the trigger on Roberts this week, I think this is this is actually a pretty good week to do it. There are a number of options, and I think we I think these are worth um, going through one by one. And I want to start with you, Dylan, because there's a couple of guys relevant to your Hawks that I want to get your thoughts on. The first is Seamus Mitchell, who you mentioned earlier. I mean, I don't think he could have done much more in his first two games to, to lock down his spot. Is he, is he the type that's going to be in sort of for the next six to eight weeks, or are we still a week-by-week proposition? with him yeah I think he's very much a week-by-week proposition so his first two games have been pretty sound he hasn't hasn't set the world on fire but he's been relatively clean he's sort of done his role pretty well and um he's looked okay but the concern I have with Mitchell is so we've got Will Day to come back in and and Dale slot into that midfield mix but you know there might be a shift of magnets there so that's that's an immediate concern Uh, Mitch Lewis is still to come back in as well Uh, we've played slightly Shorter in, in recent weeks, um, but again, Lewis has to come in, so who goes out there, it sort of remains to be seen. And then we've got some guys in the VFL that are doing really well. So Lockie Bramble had 37 um, for Box Hill on the weekend, and, and he's one that I think he's probably a fringe 22 player. Um, if you asked me a fortnight ago, I would have said he's ahead of, ahead of Mitchell. Um, so he's sniffing about. There's Josh Weddle as well is, is close yeah. to a debut, I, thought, I think. Um so yeah, it's a it's a hard one because you know when he's playing, he's scoring pretty well, and for me, it feels very similar to the Cade Chandler situation at Melbourne. I'm completely different players, but I didn't pick Chandler because I thought, oh, he's probably fringe twenty two, and if he has a crap game, he might be out 
and it sort of burnt me not picking Chandler. I think with Mitchell, if he's named this week, we've sort of just got to pick him and, and hope. Um, his break even's negative seventy something, so you know, if he, even if he has one game and scores fifty, he will make a little bit of cash, um, which isn't ideal. But we'll get to the other options. I, I don't actually know that there's any other better options. Um, so I think my my thoughts on Mitchell as a as a non Hawthorne fan are that he kind of has his his job security in his own hands at this point. Um, yeah, like you yeah. said, the, the Cade Chandler example is a really good one in that, yeah, Cade Chandler just made a spot for himself in the Melbourne team. Um, and Mitchell couldn't have done much more in the first two weeks. Like you say, it is going to be a week-by-week proposition. If he has, I think he's probably got one bad game's grace in him. If he has one bad one, he'll probably get another week at least. If he has two in a row, I think that's when trouble starts to arise. So interesting one there. The other Hawthorne one, which I quickly, quickly want to get your thoughts on, is Ned Long. Um debuted in the same game as Seamus Mitchell, probably slightly less impressive. Um, yeah, I, I would say he's probably on the chopping block before Mitchell. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think he's definitely on the chop. I'd, I'd be surprised if he plays this week. Um, yeah. His elevated price tag, I think he's 165 grand. So there's, you know, there's 50 extra K that you're not getting. Compared to if you go for Mitchell, I, yeah, I don't think he'll play. He's not scoring overly well. And yeah, I think I'd pass on, on Long. One which has been generating a bit of chat in our messenger chat, Rob, is uh, Corey Wagner over at Frio. I think he was on the Melbourne's, Melbourne's list beforehand. Um, Bandit had some decent intel from uh, our friends over at Marrera's Magic. Marrera is all over him as a, as a prospect, thinks that he, um, yeah, that they've recruited him over to Frio for a reason and that he's likely to stay in the side as a result of that. I think I'm a little less certain than Marrera about that one. I'm not 100% sold on Wagner. I didn't. I haven't loved his first two games. I've watched both of those Freo games. He was pretty shit-ass in the first game and you know, did his job in the second in a team that got badly beaten. I don't know. Am I missing something there? Or are you higher on Wagner than me around the same mark? No, hard to argue. I think the score's been okay. Defensive rookies are just crap this year. You know, they, they look all right. And the, there's, even some of them seem to play all right, but the scores are just not there. So I don't know that I'd be jumping on Wagner. I understand why people will. Um, but, yeah, uh, to deal's earlier point, for are a bit of a basket case at the moment. So who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, again, just I just don't know. We just don't know no, anything about Freo. I don't but know what their mix is going to look like week on week. I don't think Wagner's that good of a player. Like, to me, you can look at it one way and go, oh, they've recruited him for a reason. But I almost look at it and go, he's mid-20s. He's had a crack at Melbourne. He's had a crack at North. There's probably some deficiencies in his game. That's why he's been given the flick once or twice. Like, yeah, I don't know. To me, he's he's plugging a hole. He hasn't shot the lights out. I feel like with these mature bodies, you give them, they're on far less time than what a youngster would be. Um, yeah, I'm really not sold on him at all. Yeah, I think, yeah, you recruit him for a reason and that reason is to be your best player in the waffle and yeah, potentially yeah. play a few games when, when needed. Um, you know, there's a, there's room for that. Clubs need those guys. Um, I've seen a bit of chatter on Twitter suggesting that um, him or Brandon Walker are potentially in the gun this week. Um, they're playing similar roles off halfback. Um, yeah, whether or not there's any truth to that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely not huge on Wagner. I wouldn't be selling the farm to get him. A couple more late ones that I wanted to throw at you. Will Gould, um, I think we're probably staying away from. Any you know, Both sort of shaking your head at me. I don't think there's much much to discuss there. I think Sam Sturt's an interesting one. Um, similarly, at Frio, again, no real idea what his role is. Um, he's currently in my trade plans this week. Rob, I feel terrible about it. I don't like it. Can you talk me out of it? Yeah, don't do it. That's all? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> No, look, I think aforementioned reasons. Who knows yeah. what Freo are doing, particularly in that forward line. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of playing that role a little bit. I just, yeah, again, uh, mature age. Uh, 
I don't know what he's doing. I liked him pre-season. I thought he might be walk-up. The fact that he wasn't means his role's not safe and, and they're a bit everywhere. So he, I reckon he's a short-termer. Now, Dylan, you mentioned previously that you're holding Nick Madden at R3 and I wanted to posit something for you. Ned Moyle, um, Jared Witts looks like, well, he was subbed out. Firstly, do you have anything on Witts? Do we know, Rob, do you, I think you were, you were our man on the scene with Witts here. Have you heard anything about what his injury is? Just a Twitter scrape today, um, which kind of said, "Look, assess assess this week. Could be mm. right, but uh, and that was from from the Suns themselves. So uh, who knows how much to stock to put into that? I'm really, really tempted with a Nick Madden to to Moyle trade. Dylan, am I crazy there? I, I just think if if Wits is out for an extended period of time, you know, let's say four to six weeks, Moyle's on the bubble. He can score decently. He's going to score in that 60 to 70 range. He's going to make some quick cash. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of warming to it the more I think about it. Yeah, if he's out for four to six weeks and we get confirmation of that, I'd really like that idea. The, the problem is, and I feel like it'll be a one of these injuries where they go, oh, he might be back next week, and then he does a fitness test and he's no good and he's out another week, and then it sort of drags on. So he might end up missing four weeks, but the way it'll be framed is that he misses a week and then he might be right for the week after. So... Unless we hear something clear, I'd be leaving. I'd be dropping that and just holding Madden, especially given like we'd hate you'd hate to burn a trade, bring in Moyle for a game. He scores fifty. You're not going to get that score anyway because you've got two primo rucks, um, and then he you know he ends up being 150 grand on the bench. I'd rather have Madden at 100 grand and and save the trade. But if we do get news that that Wits is out, um, but even if it's a three week injury for Wits, um, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah indeed. I'd, I'd look at that for sure. Problem it's, is, that it's I think a- we'll get that. It's a back issue by all accounts, which I think is going to be, yeah, unfortunately one of those injuries that is never going to get fully better, uh, but it's also not going to sort of keep him out. I mean, he's, he's so essential for Gold Coast. They, if, if he's at all okay, they have to play him. Last one, Robin, uh, I think your trade plans actually have him coming in early at this point uh, is your boy from Carlton, Chincotta. Um, We did speak about him a little bit earlier. I, yeah, I, I'm slightly worried by the job security. I'm, I'm concerned. Look, completely as well, and I think uh, the trade plans that I showed you guys earlier today was, you know, the benefit was getting two primos in, um, and he was just the chump change as part of that, and and was the most affordable to to make it happen. Uh, I I don't think I'll do it. I probably wouldn't go early unless you know unless it facilitates something really good. I think the benefit is we do, you know, we've got defensive rookies that are playing at the moment. If you had him, if you're relying for him on field. Definitely don't do it. Um, but uh, look, I've been wrong on Colton a little bit this year, um, so I, I could be really wrong. He could have that place, but I think there's they've got some really good players that are going to be coming back uh, reasonably soon. I mentioned Saad, Jordan Boyd. That they've got some kids like Jackson Bins that, that needs to get a game really soon. Um, so I, I reckon they'll start to shift the magnets a little bit. Well, there's lots to discuss going into this week and particularly rookie-related. And um, I wanted to give a bit of a plug, boys, for the SC Playbook subscription package. Um, for $50, if you're a listener out there and you're enjoying the content, um, $50 is our full package, which gets you NRL, AFL, and BBL content for the next 12 months. That's access to all the site, all the articles on our sites, um, access to our major unlimited group prizes in NRL, uh, AFL, and BBL. 
you know, but if you're not into that and you're just into the AFL side of things, uh, we can also offer you $30, which gets you just the AFL package that gets you access to, yeah, all of the articles from us throughout the week. Um, some of them are usually password protected, so only our subscribers can get access to them. But the real the real carrot here, fellas, is is the WhatsApp group. Um, it's been absolutely humming this season. We've got a WhatsApp group going with uh, with all of the, the SC Playbook members and the contributors team. Uh, Rob, you're very active in there. I try and jump in there at least once a day. Nico's in there. Charlie's in there. Um, it's, it's absolutely fantastic fantastic it's a great way to interact with everyone answer questions about teams and yeah that that's the big carrot so if you're interested in that it's 30 dollars to join the afl package you also get access to our major unlimited group prize as well which is 500 dollars for the top ranked subscriber in our unlimited group to knock off all of our teams uh, that code is 345511 if you want to join and you're a non-subscriber you're still eligible for a less cash prize of 250 dollars now Boys, I want to get into plans this week. We, we sort of touched on it, Rob, that you've, you do have some trade plans in the mix. I think earlier today you were planning on the the double rookie downgrade and then, uh, sorry, the one rookie downgrade and then into two upgrades to premiums, one of them being Harry Himmelberg, just quietly. Um, are you still leaning down that path or are we starting to lean away from that? I think I can see you starting to sort of have second thoughts about that one. Look, if if uh, Pipes Kingsley comes out and says, you know, uh, Taylor's out, we're going to play Himmelberg, back until Taylor's back, well, that, that that might change my thoughts a little bit. Look, I, I like Himmelberg's price. I like what he did last year. 380K is obviously very enticing, but I don't think I'm, I'm going to go there. Uh, the idea of – I did a two-for-one last week with Butters and Cogs coming in for Saad, which worked quite nicely. Um, I, I like the idea of getting the rookies off the field, but I don't think so. I think your boy, Will Day, is firmly on my radar, mm-hmm. Eddie. Um, awesome. And I like his flexibility, obviously, with the DPP. Um, so he he's likely coming in for me. Um, I reckon I could do that in two trades. I don't really want to use a boost this week if I can help it. Um, but look, let's see what teams and the rest of the week does for us. Will Day is basically... Uh, he's doubled his ownership so far this week. Um, he's gone from 9% of teams. He's uh, He's gone up. He's had 8,000 people trade him in. Uh, so he's now currently in almost 17,000 teams, which uh, yeah, just, just shits me, quite frankly. Um, where were you guys at the start of the season? Come on. Um, Dylan, what are you thinking so far for your trades? Yeah, so I've got 340 grand in the bank um, from last week. I did a downgrade and, and held on to Tom Green. I, I sort of thought I'd... I'd Hold my horses there. Um, so I'll go Cowan and probably Filippo out for uh, Tom Stewart and Seamus Mitchell at the moment. And then I'll sort of look, as Rob said, and, and see what teams do. And, you know, I might end up taking a punt on one of these free rookies or I'm, if, you know, if finance and, and funds allow it, I might get an upgrade somewhere else to a, a guy like Zabel or, or Will Day. But, yeah, Stewart definitely in. Mitchell more than likely in and um, Cowan and, and probably Filippo out. How very traditional of you, Dylan. The one up, yeah. one down. Um, in a non-traditional year, he's just gone back to his roots. Um, I've got zero cash. I've got no cash in the bank. Um, I desperately need to downgrade. I'm definitely bringing in Mitchell for Cowan and then sort of just weighing up a second downgrade as well, whether to bring in Sturt or Wagner for a, you know, a Davey or a Peddler or, a, you know, one of those types, um, or even a Wilmot, if I can swing that around down back. So just cash is a real issue for me. I, I can see my team going downhill if I, if I don't have rookies generating cash quickly. So panic stations there, no, no chance to upgrade this week, unfortunately. It feels like I'm upgrading getting, getting Will Day and Tom Green back. So I think I'm just going to have to satisfy myself with that this week. 
Captaincy-wise, bit of an interesting round. Um, GWS play early um, for those who are going to be looking into their their vice-captain loophole. So Nick Madden isn't going to be as useful as he perhaps has been in previous weeks. I think they're on early Saturday. Uh, yeah, they're the, the Saturday afternoon game. So just be wary of that. Um, I think at this point, boys, I'm leaning with Marcus Bontempelli vice against Hawthorne at Marvel. Um, probably into Nick Dacos, captain. Nick Dacos or Roy Laird or Jordan Dawson as captain and then have Charlie Constable as the loop, assuming he's not playing. Rob, uh, any any other ones you want to chuck in the mix there for VC or C? Very similar. Um, yeah, definitely Bont, I reckon. Um, and English, if you had him, I think is a good shout um, against, you know, the, the Hawks rucks who aren't much job. Uh, probably a bounce back on Clary could could be worth a look. Uh, I've got Clary. I, I thought he did uh, really well to get back to where he was. He was clearly hampered by the flu he had earlier in the week. He had a hell of a mm-hmm. lot of time on bench. His time on ground was down and still to get to 95, I thought was pretty good. So he'll be he'll be keen to bounce back against North, who are pretty rubbish, as we know. Um, or otherwise, yeah... You, it's hard to go past Dacos, I reckon. Yeah, Dacos just reaching perma captain territory at this point. Uh, Dylan, any anyone else you want to you want to give a shout out to in terms of the VC? Yeah, I think we've covered most options. I've got uh, Oliver as vice at the moment. He averages 120 across his career against North, which Jesus, I mean, yeah, for a guy that I mean that that's including all his rookie scores and whatnot, which admittedly were. I mean, he's been a gun for ages, but that's a, a pretty impressive stat line. And his last three against North have been 178, 116, and 137. So, oh my god, yeah, I'm big on Oliver as the vice, and then I've got Rory Laird as captain. Um, his numbers are, are also super impressive: uh, 154, 144, and 185 in his last three against Collingwood. So, fingers crossed, one of those two hit. I, I, I feel like I, I'd steer clear of Dacos himself. This week, only because the media hype and everything around him has been so extreme. I think if Adelaide don't do something there, that would be... We now know how good he is. He's had a month of absolutely shredding teams. If Adelaide don't send someone to him, that's like, fuck, what's going on here? Like, I, yeah. I feel like he has to crash at some point, and I think it's going to be... Like, it's going to come sooner rather than later. And the crash, look, the crash might be 110 which is, is, is still a great score. But, yeah, I've seen the projections have him at 166. He will not get that. My question on the back of that, though, is who's actually going to man- match up with him on the Crows? I don't think they have a matchup for him. Like, I mean, you could you could try a Lockie Murphy or a Chase Jones maybe, but, you know, they're not they're not super defensive and they're not definitely not going to have the tank that Dacos does. I, I, I still think that he's, a, he's a, almost a 150 possibility every week at this point, Rob. Yeah, look, Benny Keys, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, um, point. yeah they, they, they could give someone like him a run. Oh, I, I don't know, but, you know, to Dill's point earlier, what, why are they not putting anybody close mm. to him? Surely, you know, surely they've got to try something. Um, the, the amount of free ball and the killer possession he gets when he has it, uh, surely if you shut him off, you give yourself a better chance of beating the Pies. One more thing to get through before we finish up today, boys, is uh, I've got one late listener question come through from Mark um, who wants to know, he's got Darcy Wilmot, Ruben Jinby, Connor McKenna, and Lockie Cowan. He wants you to rank those players in the order of which they need to be culled first. So we've got Cowan, Wilmot, Jinby, and McKenna. Dylan, are you able to rank those one to four in order of which guys you think need need to be got rid of out of your team first? Um, okay, so I'd have 
Lockie Cowan as the first to go. I'd have oh, probably Wilmot second to go, Jinby third, and McKenna the last. Yeah, I think I concur completely. Um, Rob, we're not going to be too different on this one, are we? Exactly the same. Uh, I think yeah. um, I feel like Rich is impacting Wilmot. Cowan's going to get a rest. Uh, Jinby I held. Um, he was okay, but again, uh, young body, first year. Uh, McKenna probably last because he feels like he's okay in that team. His scoring is just going to fluctuate. Yeah. Um, the I wanted to give a shout out, boys, as well to the to Better. Um, who have been helping us out this season. Each round of the season, we'll be producing an exclusive SC Playbook uh, market of the week on Better. Uh, they've now got access to integrating official AFL fantasy markets on Better, which is fantastic. Um, our market for this week isn't up yet, but when it is, you'll be able to find the link to it in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au in our YouTube descriptions. Uh, if you click on those links, it'll let Better know that we sent you if you do make a new account. So that would be appreciated. It's important to remember that you win some, but you lose more. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Boys, uh, really appreciate your time tonight. Um, as I did say beforehand, it was only going to be a 45-minute pod. We've gone for an hour as we as we tend to do. There's just so much to talk about. Uh, Dylan, any final thoughts this week? Hawks, Crows at Adelaide Oval Sunday. You got uh, Sorry, no, or not Hawks, Crows. Uh, who have the Hawks got this week? Uh, the Hawks have the Dogs, Marvel Stadium, Saturday Arvo. That won't be pretty, but that's all right. We... Uh... We move on. That'll be fine. <laughs> I think the dogs have found something. Uh, I think they might be they might be up and about. Rob, you get, you get an easy kill this week with West Coast at Optus. You feeling all right about that one? Look, you, you would say that as a as a long term Carlton supporter, there's no such thing as an easy kill. You would hope we bounce back to some level of form. Uh, Harry Mackay can actually you know go back and kick a goal uh, in the traditional way. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, look, I, I think there's a bounce back very much needed. I'm hoping there's a, a bit of an axe swung and we get to see some kids. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate your time tonight, boys. Uh, I'll leave you to it there. Thanks again. Rob Rainman Rainbird uh, on Twitter. You can check him out and Dylan Bolch as well on Twitter. Um, Lots of good Supercoach-related content on there if you want to check them out. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate it.